tonight we're talking the killer clown, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> She's talking about how we should free Thugger. Miss that nigga dropping songs. Yeah, that's way more important. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, Hey, yo, meet your shit, my nigga. The requirements for insanity tonight. Hate like hell to run into the guy that does. Beyond that, I have no comment on Jeffrey Dahmer because I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. Walter is here now to tell us what Gacy had to say in an exclusive interview. Walter. Quite a bit. Well, I spent uh, two and a half hours with John Gacy listening to a whole new story about his case. He was rambling and often inconsistent, but always, always very cagey. Thirteen years ago, he told the police how he murdered his victims. Now he's telling me he never did. Thirty-three children who lived and loved and were loved. John Bukovic was 18. Michael Bonin was 17, Randall Reffitt 15. Why them? There's no logical explanation for why them, any of them. Several were runaways from broken homes 14 years ago when John Gacy was preying on families that split apart. Today, in his arrogance, he lectures them. And nowadays, he realized by 1993 that 50%... Send in the clowns. Those daffy, laffy clowns Send in those soulful and doleful Schmotes by the bowlful Clowns This episode is brought to you by those good people at Heaven's Pantry. Their Excalibur is the best vegan brownie out there. The only chocolate energy bar that tastes like a brownie. With only six simple ingredients. Dates, cashews, almonds, cocoa powder, and coconut oil sprinkled with a little bit of sea salt gives you that perfection. Go to Amazon right now and use the promo code HPSTREET to get 20% off your first order. And then 10% off every order after that with promo code TALKING... uh, excuse me, Talk Junk 69. And tonight we are also sponsored by Dizzle, the premium liqueur straight out of California. Mango hints, citrus hints, blended with cognac and tequila make for the best liqueur you have ever had. This stuff literally, and I say it every week, this stuff mixes with everything so go to the dizzle go to dizzlebrand.com right now and uh figure out exactly which distributor can get it to you in a timely fashion and get you a bottle now because on this show i say it every single week all we do here is dizzle that is all we do 
Hey, full, well, full disclosure, though, uh, apparently use hibiscus to your own discretion. <laughs> listen, listen. If you mix it right, if you mix the drink right, Dizzle mixes with everything. Period. Welcome to the break room, the podcast that comes to you live every Saturday night. The usual suspects are here. Let's turn these uh, avatars on real quick. We got Talon, Dre, Darby, Jasmine, and yours truly. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, you know, uh, just getting ready to uh, rob... Uh, Anybody who deserves it. Hey, look, I was saying this uh, just back then before we started. I love the vibe right now. It looks classic, like classic noir. I was literally going to say something. I was going to say. Oh, I'm echoing. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to have just a little bit of problem. A little, okay. a little technical problems tonight. Uh for the record, it's not me this time. Yeah, it's no. Not. <laughs> but but so, so I, it kind of reminds me. He said he's going to rob a gas station, and it looks like this black and white noir film. Like he's got like a like a nine millimeter in the back. I am. I'm on the He just dropped off a hooker that wore like a skin coat around the neck. I've been doing this for about 15 years now, and I can tell you each day it gets grimy and grimy. You still hear it in echo? What? Yeah, I still hear it. It's echoing off of Talon now. I think it's you, Jesse. Do you hear an echo? Uh, uh, test. Uh, test. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. We're doing some live break room troubleshooting. Hey, it happens. We'll be okay. We're talking Gacy tonight, guys. How do y'all feel about that? We had we coming off a good episode of Dahmer last week. Well, I did say that I wish that we could talk about how we should face other, but, but yeah, that's you did. also last week. You also spoke about how we should do Gacy, so we do a Gacy. I am a lot of things can happen in a week, bro. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad suggestion, you just asked how I felt personally. A lot of things happen in a week, and that's why he's sitting outside a gas station with a gun in a noir movie right now. Well, let's allegedly. Allegedly. But I mean, I really just would rather do that because I was listening to Thugga before we went on live. So I just had. Fucking customer. Yeah. After usual Saturday. Right. You know what? I actually haven't listened to him lately and it popped up in my random. And I'm just like, hey, yo. What up, bro? What up? But uh, I'm doing good myself, Jay. I had some Penang duck and uh, some some prick pro. I don't know how to pronounce it. You had some prick. Yeah. <laughs> you had some prick fried rice. That's crazy. I didn't know they made that. The duck was awesome though. I had I had it with my uh, beautiful girlfriend. Shout out if she's watching right now. Prick fried rice. I hear that, babe. I was eating prick fried rice. <laughs> also known as Come Too Long. Well, if you listened to uh, last week's episode, you'll know two things. One, 
Jeffrey Dahmer definitely ate prick fried rice. He liked his seven dongs. He did. He loved it. And he was baptized on the day that we're about to talk about was executed. May 10th, 1994. Was that a coincidence? Dre, what do we say here every week? Pulls up wind up toy. About, about coincidences. No, I'm, I say I don't know. That might be huh? I ain't hear you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights. You said you can't hear me? No, I can oh, hear you now. You said before, I hear you now. There are no coincidences in life. None. There are not. I just find games. Everything always happens for a reason. What was I uh find Dobber, I just, what was that? I was gonna say I find Gacy yeah, fascinating because of just like, because, like how it shows an example shows of someone in society who can be literally like this massive, like almost approved of figure, somebody who people can look up to, who is active in the community, both politically and socially organizing in it, but at the same time, just have this entire hidden persona behind it. And at the same time, in addition, has like this entire mastermind that manipulates everyone around him. Wasn't the BTK uh, active at the same time? Because he was had like a similar thing going on. Uh, I don't know about the BTK. There were several serial killers around this time operating in the United States. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah, it was seventies and eighties. Seventies and eighties. That's right. It's it was, a, it, was a, <laughs> it was an epidemic, just like the boy band crisis in the two thousands. It was open season on hitchhikers. Man said crisis. You mean prostitute? I guess so. Lady of the night. Talon, where's yours? Roxanne? Uh, She's turning on the red light. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch better have my money. Oh, All right. So who was John Wayne Gacy? John Wayne Gacy was... He was a fat clown. clown. He was a slovenly (laughs) douchebag of a person that deserved to be beat with three-inch thumb rule sticks until he was bruised and bloodied and then nursed back to health and then done again on a regular rotation, but he could never figure out what that regular rotation was, so he always lived in fear of getting beat to shit. You know what the vibe you got going right now? Honestly, I would say if you took that out of context, I feel like I'm I'm like having a mobster talk about what he'd do to somebody in a fucking movie. That was all verbatim from the Iceman. I stole. I see. Kleklinski? Yeah, you didn't see the picks? What picks? You don't want to know. No, the no, tapes. tapes. You didn't you see the Iceman tapes? tapes? You said it in there. Well, we seen most of the Iceman tapes when we did the Kleklinski episode. Must have been the one you didn't see. Must have been what? It must have been the one you didn't see. Probably. Or I just don't remember, bro. Oh, I'm fucking bullshitting. It could be any of those three. 
<laughs> I'm not bullshitting. I don't bullshit. I can't bullshit a bullshitter. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Jay, you're full of bullshit. I know. So is this man right here, Gacy. So yeah, tell us about him, Jay. He was a uh, he uh he was a ser- American serial killer and rapist who took the lives of at least 33 young males in Cook County, Illinois, burying most of them underneath his house. Other bodies were recovered from the nearby uh, river. Sometimes known as the killer clown for his habit of dressing in the clown costume and makeup, Gacy had an abusive childhood and struggled with his homosexuality. After, you know what, uh, what? Can I add yeah, something right there? there? What I was going to say is that, like, his divorce, like, his divorce, his uh, parents' divorce really is what seems to set him off with weird behavior. Because he had, like, documented anger issues before. Like, he used to, like, act out and lash out sometimes as a kid. But, like, like when the divorce happened, he really started taking a behavioral turn. Or at least that's in that one documentary we were watching. That's usually what happens when at least one or both parents are poor. Yeah, and that's there the were things that happened. To him. There were things that happened to him that were like uh, recurring things you see in a lot of these serial killer cases. He had a a, a head injury at an early age. Uh, he I guess he stepped in front of a swing, caught a concussion. He, um, <laughs> which is such some weak ass shit. Went on the swing. Yeah, went on the swing. <laughs> like that's that's such a bitch ass tribute. You know, I got taken out by a swing. You got taken out. See, I got <laughs> him knocked down. Sure. Now, like it's like what we've seen with Dahmer too, with with his mother uh having mental uh disabilities and shit. Taking a bunch of meds all pregnant. Meds all pregnant and shit. His dad. Was uh, very abusive to Gacy early on, and nothing he could do. Uh, he was he, the he target child, right? But nothing proved that he was man enough. You know what I and mean? That and continued into his adulthood too. He was always trying to impress his abusive father. It did, and it didn't help that he was very close to his sisters. Mm-hmm. And when a uh, little tidbit for later on, when he died, so, or when he died, like while he was in prison, he kind of just like had a feeling that he was the one who killed his father because he went to prison. Because he went to prison, which is just a reflection of that childhood drama. It's also for what he went to, to prison for. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Tianjie. Tianjie. Gacy was born March 17th, 1942, in Chicago, Illinois. The son of Danish and Polish parents, Gacy has sibling, and siblings grew up with an alcoholic father who would beat the children with a razor strap, whatever the fuck a razor strap was. I guess it was a very sharp-ass belt. <laughs> uh, they were perceived to have misbehaved. His father physically assaulted Gacy's mother as well. Gacy's sister Karen would later say that the siblings learned to toughen up against the beatings and that Gacy would not cry. Gacy suffered further alienation at school, unable to play with other children due to a congenital heart condition that was uh, locked upon by his father uh, 
That's another another failing. So no no matter what this guy did, his his father thought he was a failure. This motherfucker had congenital heart disease and like you, you literally helped place. create that issue his in him. It's not his fault. Your weak ass genetics right. he, did that. Your weak ass genetics did that. He used to call him things like pansy and uh, what was it? Fruit picker. Fruit <laughs> 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 picker. <laughs> oh man, here we are laughing. That's at pretty good. Getting abused. <laughs> <coughs> Fuck a fruit uh, Throws bottle. He did. Um, he did. Go, when he grew up, he did get married. Uh, when he got married to his first wife, his father-in-law bought a chain of um, KFCs and had uh, Gacy managing them. Finger licking good. Finger licking good. <laughs> Gacy fried chicken. Go and get your shirt today. I'm taking orders. Let me know. Gacy fried chicken. I'll send the I'll send the mock-ups to the Instagram tonight after the show. Uh, Gacy worked, like I said, fast food chain manager during the 1960s and became a self-made building contractor and a Democratic pre- uh, precinct captain in Chicago suburbs in the 1970s. Yeah. So, well liked in his. So about that specifically. <laughs> With the contractor bit, the reason why his contracting business became so successful in the first place was because he used to hire kids of age from like high schools and used to use them to undercut labor costs compared to other. Well, that was that was part of his his rouge. Right, 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 right. The reason why his his contracting company got the notoriety that it did was because he had ties politically in in the community. Oh yeah, no, oh, he was part of like a business and political organization, the JCs. Yeah, yeah, he organized cultural gatherings and was active in polit- political organizations and the JC Civic Group. He was married and divorced twice and had two biological children. Now let's take a look real quick at the JCs. The JCs, right, had people just just I'm going to throw out some names, right? Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Al Gore, Bill Gates, Gerald Ford, Bill Clinton, Larry Bird, John Wayne Gacy. Don't forget Rosalind Carter, who Was took a picture with Flightless. No, it's not Epstein's flight list. Although well, Larry, well, well Larry Bird's Larry Bird. Larry Bird's what? I said he was random. That's a random name. A bunch of politicians. Like a random name. Politician. All right. Well, I can say another. Uh... Nah, I said Rosalind nah, Carter because there was a picture of him with Rosalind Carter. Since he was a Democratic Pritzing captain. Tom Monahan from Domino's Pizza. There's mad people on the road. <laughs> from Domino's Pizza. Right, I'm just saying. The Domino's I'm Pizza gonna... story is a great story for the record. Is that where it starts? He's like the only serial killer on there. Is that where it starts? Uh, only one that you know of, my friend. Only one that you know of, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like right. he definitely probably would have gotten up and become a senator, like you thought, but he got, you know, he got caught. He got caught. 
It, it would have been interesting to see Gacy become a senator. You, there probably would be pictures of him and Epstein, and people would be like, nah, there's nothing. Or good old Lizzie. Well, Tom, well, we're going to get to something like that. Like, he literally, like, manipulated the police itself. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into all of that in just a second. But he he was, bro, he was so well-liked in the community, right? He's already owned KFCs, so people trust him with their food and shit. He's already well-liked in the community. He's um, political since he was young. Very charismatic. Right? So yeah, what do you do? There is like, a what, do you charisma. what do you do, though? You become a clown. Yeah, for the neighborhood kids. He was a member of a Chicago area Jolly Joker clown club and frequently performed in clown attire and makeup at children's parties. The clown club. And other events. <clears throat> Jay Gacy's alter- clown club. In his alter ego, Pogo the Clown or Patches the Clown. That was the first time I heard about Patches. The killer clown sometimes lured his victims with the promise of construction work or some other rouge. You want to and then after sexually assaulted, tortured, and eventually strangled most of them with his hands or with a rope. Jay, tell, <laughs> about the, tell them about Years the later stuff. during conversation. We'll get there. Damn, Darby. Years <laughs> later. <laughs> Hang on, man. I'm just excited hey. to talk about murderous clowns. What you drinking tonight? And right, I was about to say he won't. He, he won't. Nice. Well, earlier I had sake with my girlfriend. That was mm. cool. Mm-mm. Oh, there goes Jasmine. Right or plum? Hola. I was here. What you mean? No, I'm saying the. Oh, sorry. What sorry. you say, Dre? Were you talking to me? No, no, no. Yeah, Dre. What you said? I said there goes Jasmine. Yeah, Jasmine's the med sound. Oh, I'm over here eating and drinking. It's the charcuterie tray with the <laughs> dizzle. A charcuterie board. Yes, charcuterie. Sir. Yes, sir. I've always wanted a charcuterie board. Ask me what the fuck I'm drinking when in like an we know, hour. We know, uh, no roast conscious. beef. We don't, we don't do roast beef. No roast beef. No, no roast you don't beef, do roast beef, nigga. Speak for yourself. Roast beef. Damn good. No, no. Damn good. I eat roast beef sandwiches, but I don't eat roast beef charcuterie. All right? No, up in here. Carcucci. Again, you will speak for yourself, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> All right. Well, then, if if uh, we got to we're not going to be associated. Talon puts Capicola on his carcucci board. That's great. Look. I'm all I'm going to say is my charcuterie board is not biased in any way. <laughs> Racist, however you want to say it. What? 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 Sarkoot, <laughs> what? You know, this echo, you better wear your fucking headphones next week, bro. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm muted, so I don't know how that the echo. Still I think it, honestly, I think it's coming from Drake. Cause... No, you mean he's, he's the only one who did an echo? I just I don't listen or whatever. All you gotta do is just mute when you ain't talking, brother. Brother. 
I was trying to say make a pun with charcuterie board, and then he was talking about roast beef, which he got, and then I was just saying, all is welcome on my charcuterie board. That's essentially yeah. what I was saying. We got that. But then you said mine just didn't bite. So then I don't know where the fuck you got lost, nigga. I don't know where the fuck you got why lost. Would you, why would you charcuterie board races? Because I'm sure plenty of people have charcuterie boards. He just said his one has no roast beef on it, so I'm sure it gets worse than that. I'm sure there's only crackers on a charcuterie board for somebody. Racist charcuterie boards. Here we are tonight. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't say charcuterie. I said charcuterie. Coochie. Pussy guy. Pussy. Pussy. That's what he's talking about. That's why we say no roast beef on ours. He says somebody's only got crackers. You know what I mean? Just the white pussy. Am I on Key and Peel? Some just have the juicy pussy. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it's supposed to be great. I'm on Key and Peel. <laughs> they should be so lucky. <laughs> All right. How do we go from talking about murderous pedophile clowns to fucking charcuterie, racist charcuterie boards that are metaphors for vaginas? But if we, if we was talking about me stick boards last week, it would be appropriate, right? <laughs> uh, good old beef jerky contest. Dahmer's beef jerky Yo, snap into Slim's gym. Is Dahmer still alive? No. No. What? Where oh, were you right. last? No, okay, I just I, didn't remember if he was still alive or not. I was going to say, if he was still alive. I remember he got his head bashed in with a weight. That's right. He got right. killed by his two other prisoners. Sorry, bro. I had lots of memory. By one other prisoner. That one other prisoner killed two prisoners. That's okay. Well, listen. I don't fucking absorb these details for long. You should stop drinking, sir. It's not even alcohol. You've seen my memory. You've seen my memory. See, you should listen to those commercials about vaping. Yeah, you know what? Are we blaming the vapes now? All right, New York State. You know what? We're way too off track. Let's go back to talking about the BTK killer. So, like, buying... About torture, torture and kill. <laughs> we are not talking about. <laughs> Although, oh, they, oh yeah, you're right. That's okay. Right now, we're talking about Gacy. That's what I said. Let's talk so about let's the killer clown, bro. Sexual assaults and murders. That's it. In 1968, Gacy was convicted of a sexual was convicted of sexually assaulting two teen boys and given a 10 year prison sentence. Keep this in mind. Had he stayed in jail, these 33 boys that he killed would still be alive. He he killed these guys in the shortest of one of the shortest amount of amounts of times a serial killer killed this many people. Excuse me. He was released on parole in summer of 1970. Uh, but was arrested again the following year after another team accused Gacy of sexual assault. The charges were dropped when the boy didn't appear during the trial. Now, what happened there was that uh, 
this kid that accused him, his pops, uh, he was like a senator or a mayor or some shit and was in the JCs. They both were in the JCs. And Gacy said that uh, it wasn't because it was sodomy what he went to jail for. And he said it wasn't sodomy, that it, it was just uh, fellatio, that the kid just sucked his dick. And it was it was uh, consensual. <laughs> so they kind of wrote it off, almost like what they did with the uh, the young boy last week, with what we've seen uh, get, uh, Dahmer make the zombie out of him. What else can you uh, do in the Midwest? There's no t- – I mean, sky's the limit. We're seeing this now. Yeah, look, yeah, fucking Chicago's the place. He got uh, some boy to intimidate um, the guy to drop out of the trial, but that that ultimately did backfire on him, which I don't understand why he didn't. He had ties, man, political ties. Well, he used a high schooler to try to intimidate the other kid. He like he was so smart. He was so smart that he's like, oh, I'm going to pay off a fucking senior in high school to fucking take care of this. Like, what? What? By the middle of 1970, two more young males accused Gacy of rape. He would be... uh, uh, He would be questioned by police about the disappearances of others. Gacy referred to this period of his life as the cruising years, when he committed the most of his murders. On December third, uh, uh, December eleventh, nineteen seventy-eight, fifteen-year-old Robert uh, Peast went missing. And now this is this is where he went wrong. And again, we're reading from uh, biography, so we'll we'll get into his victims and all of that. But he fucking he. He killed a boy, essentially, that his family actually fucking loved him, which is what <coughs> what we see last week, too, with Dahmer, uh, the Laotian boy and uh, the deaf kid's mother, they, they those families loved their sons. So it ultimately backfired on Dahmer, and that's, that's ultimately what led to having con- – be- it, having him convicted with Gacy, it was this Robert Peace guy. He, uh, it was reported to the police that he was last seen by his mother at a drugstore where he worked before he headed out to meet Gacy to discuss a potential construction job. Now, he didn't come home, which was unlike him because it was the night of his mother's birthday, so he would never go uh, party or stay out late or just randomly forget about his mother's birthday. He was a good boy, he was a mother's boy, so ultimately. It led to questions being asked, and he got too comfortable. He let his uh, his name slip out there, and he was suspect number one. Ten days later, a police search of Gacy's house in Norwood Park, Illinois, uncovered evidence of his involvement in numerous crimes, including murder. It was later discovered that Gacy had committed his first known killing in 1972, taking the life of 16-year-old Timothy McCoy after luring the youth to his home. 
After a lengthy period of uh, police surveillance and investigation and the discovery of several trenches filled with human remains in the crawl space beneath his house, Gacy eventually confessed to killing about 30 people. Over the years, there has been lingering concerns that Gacy may have been responsible for the deaths of other people whose bodies have not yet been found. And when police uncovered human remains at Gacy's house in 78, eight bodies could not be identified. More recently, Cook County authorities used DNA evidence to identify Gacy's unidentified victims. In 2017, one of those men, victim number 24, was identified as 16-year-old James Jimmy uh, Byron Hackinson. In 1976, Hackinson left his home in St. Paul, Minnesota, and traveled to Chicago to begin life in the city. On August 5th, he called his mother to let her know he had arrived. However, police, uh, police believe Gacy killed him shortly after that. In 79, Hackensack's mother had contacted authorities to find out if her son was one of the victims of Gacy. But uh, she didn't have dental records. The department lacked sufficient resources to identify him as a victim. Hackensack's mother died in the early 2000s, but other family members provided DNA samples in 2017, and authorities made an immediate match to victim number 24. <clears throat> so this... Right after uh, Robert Peace went missing, is where it all went downhill for Gacy. The police started uh, coming to his house. Putting him under surveillance. And this is before they even got a warrant. Because they didn't have evidence. They couldn't prove that it was him right off the bat. Right. Just because he was the last person to speak. This was like also at this like point also, too. He was under originally under investigation by um, Chicago police, which were um, like the case was brought to the Des Moines police, which given over to the Chicago police. But Gacy knew somebody who was in the Des Moines police. He phoned up that person, asked them, "Hey, why are these guys like you know, follow me around, asking me all these questions?" And through that, Gacy was able to compromise the entire police case that was investigating on him. And we would see that here uh, in Illinois, in Chicago, when these guys started uh, tailing him. Because Gacy would go everywhere and have these guys right behind him. And he would do things like if it was cold in the car, he would uh, have them come inside with him and warm up, or he would just randomly send them lunch. He even at one point just started having them just come with him everywhere he would go. They would eat lunch with him and everything. And <laughs> one of the famous lines uh, he said when uh, he had the detail on him was, a guy could get away with murder. Meaning he could, the way he's treating these cops a guy like him could just get away with murder. Little did he know they would use that shit to fuck him. Anyway. Another, another thing, like, you didn't also talk about his original prison sentence when he was in Iowa? When he was in Iowa? Yeah, I did. 
like no, like how we got a mini oh, golf course, mini golf course, straight up. Right, throw, throw, throw. That's how he got out in two years. He fucking he did things like uh, become an altar boy in the uh, prison church. He also he worked head chef as kitchen. Right, head chef as kitchen. He also got like like Darby said, he got uh, a golf. Of course, that was closing down to donate it to the prison to have the prisoners uh, reform while playing golf, mini golf. He said that it would it would help them uh, ease tension. Oh man, I really don't want to kill oh, any man, people. I, really don't kill I don't want to kill anyone anymore after all this mini golf. Mini golf. Nobody's getting shanked after a few rounds of mini golf, bro. <laughs> it's actually a torture or like a punishment. Ah, uh, you shanked a prisoner. You're gonna play forty rounds of mini golf. That's not a punishment, though. I don't know. After a while, it might be. That's just a good day in the sun. Yeah, in the Iowa <laughs> sun. Yeah, in the Iowa sun. Or in the winter. Or in the so game. <laughs> Play it in the winter. Play it in the winter. His um, we skipped a bunch of shit. That's what. Yeah, I you know something. Just off topic, like. like Jay, I don't know how the fuck you wouldn't be willing to eat roast beef. I just want to say that real quick. Continue. <laughs> this man's mind is still on the beef. Like, I, I get why you don't. Obviously, you're married, you have kids, but like, as a rule, nah, I can't fuck with that. All right. Uh, it's okay, bro. It's all right. <laughs> to each his own. Uh, agreed. I, I, you know, I ain't gonna hold you for it. But, but you know, Tom, there's some people in this chat who like everything on their board. Right. All right. All right. Let's go back. Little bit of sausage. Go back a little bit. A little bit of sausage. <laughs> some summer sausages. Some bratwurst. Some blood sausage, yeah. Oh, you can't forget the Italian sausage. That's a spicy meatball. Got two pickers. Is that what you call your kids? Yeah, my biggest fruit picker standing in front of me. <laughs> hey, you know. Go next. Close your mouth. No. It makes you look like a fruit. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Let's go back. Looks like trusty old Wikipedia has more on uh, more on Gacy than uh, Biology. You know what? Can I recommend something to you? Murderpedia, John Wayne Gacy. That's what I've been using as a big old reference. Does it have the the rundown on his victims? Uh yeah. Murderpedia. It identifies all of his victims, and then all the identified ones are also discussed, too. Oh, no, I got them all here, too. All right. And you got a photo gallery, Jay. The John Wayne Gacy photo gallery. Don't you want to find out? No, I don't. <laughs> all right, so... Let's go way back. 
Yeah, man. Let's start when he was a KFC manager. Jay, you've drinking more than I have. God damn, look at you talking. This drink is really fucking good, actually. Yeah, really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm eating more charcuterie. Hey, Danny Burgers. I drink my Dizzle with my burger. Mm-hmm. You got to marinate it in Dizzle. You never cooked it with Dizzle? Danny Burgers is a top skill. You ethnic. never had Dizzle barbecue? Dizzle barbecue. You never had Dizzle barbecue stove? You better get up on it. No, I have not, Jay. It's just boiled Dizzle. Don't try it. I can't. I can't have, can't say I've I'm at like the point in my life where I'm putting meat over a grill and pouring liquor on it. I'm not that desperate yet. Well, you've never learned how to cook. Liquor is <laughs> a wonderful tool with meat. It's great for chicken wings. Like pouring it while it's grilling after you pull them out of the fryer, unlike you uncouth savages never do. Yeah. You always got to keep some wine on deck, maybe some bourbon around. Nah, it's bourbon for wings. And some Hennessy. Come back, Dre. I feel you. <laughs> like, you motherfuckers want to talk about food, and I'm trying to talk about Gacy. Well, go ahead and talk about Casey. I gave you oh, the link. Nobody is stopping you from talking Wait, about no, this I'm fucked up, you. fat, evil clown. Nobody's stopping that. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear about food. He's like an evil... He's like an evil... Uh, what was the dude who did Man vs. Food? Except he did like Man vs. Young Boys. <laughs> Adam Adam Shankman, was that his name? That man used he he came on the show slightly overweight. By the time he left the show, that man was obese. And I stood why he left. I mean, that's what happens when you have a uh, food show. Yeah, no, that's what happens when you show. have a food show where by the end of it you're gonna be eating a 40-pound steak. Unironically, I think I could honestly do a food show. What kind of food show? Just like amazing people with my ability to eat. That that this kid don't chew his food. He swallows that shit whole. Bro. You, the only, if there's any reason to chew your food, it's that one day you might throw up. I never do. you might you might one day and if you just ate like 30 hot dogs without chewing them that's gonna suck it's spicy that's dangerous bro earlier david blaine they they come up the same way dude my friends but used to call me david blaine because every single time my zipper would come down on my pants without me touching it all right back to gacy (laughs) yeah he was close to his mother and two sisters, but endured a difficult relationship with his father, an alcoholic who physically abused his family. His family also belittled him, calling him dumb and stupid, and comparing him unfavorably with his sisters. One of Gacy's earliest memories was of his father beating him with a leather belt for accidentally disarranging components of a car engine he had assembled. His mother tried to shield okay, him. How does a kid do that? As somebody who's been an auto accidentally. Tech? As somebody who's been an outside, how does a kid just walk up to an engine and be like, just let me just put this here? No, you misunderstand. He was reassembling an engine, so he had right. the part laid out. 
Oh. Oh, God, dude. I beat my kid if he did that, too. <laughs> it's all about context. People are like, well, how could you ever? Well, you don't know Locked your car. Do you? Dude, it, like the piston ring's missing, and I'm just sitting there. I got every single piston in and putting in the last fucking, like, the last six cylinder piston, and I'm just, like, sitting there, no ring, and I'm just looking around, and the kid's just sitting there chewing on it. That's the day I become Gacy. All right. You heard it here this first. Is not just a mom that brings her kids down by the river. <laughs> when we end up doing a Jason Darby fucking episode, because he fucking murdered his family for moving. His shit, the, we're we're gonna be on the Netflix documentary. I'm gonna be asking questions and shit. Word. Just know. Yeah, I, I knew something was off the day that he said he had sake with his girlfriend. <laughs> I he had. I believe he said he had prick for the first time. I'm not exactly sure what he meant, but looking at it now. Right. We had just we had just come off a fucking cannibalistic serial killer episode the week four. So, you know, comparing him that whole week, maybe he had no kids. Maybe he thought he was. A lot of things can happen ah, in 24 So hours. I get it. I get it. It's because I'm white. That's part of the reason, but that's not what the, the documentary <laughs> is. part of the reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back. His mother that's tried right. to shield her son from her father's abuse, his father's abuse, which only resulted in accusations that he was a sissy and a mama's boy who would probably grow up queer. Despite his mistreatment, however, Gacy loved his father, but felt he was never good enough in his father's eyes. In 1949, Gacy's father was informed that his son and another boy had been caught sexually fondling a young girl. His father whipped him with a razor strap as punishment. The same year, a family friend and contractor would sometimes molest Gacy in his truck. Gacy never told his father about this, afraid that his father would blame him. So, how do you just put this like this that casually? <laughs> The same year, family friend and contractor would, you know, sometimes molest Gacy in his truck. No big deal. That's why he became what a contractor. Well, don't you think it's kind of ironic that Gacy used to get molested by a fucking gay contractor, and then he himself grew up to be a gay contractor? Jay, he will explicitly say he's bisexual. He will say I'm... that, and then he will also offhandedly make jokes about polls. Bro, if you smoke pole, you smoke pole. No, okay, that's not what I mean. Like he, he, the man, in the beginning of his interview, he says something about like when he was talking about how he would organize parades and how he would do it for the Polish community, and he essentially established how that was a feat because getting twenty thousand poles to go all in the same direction is quite a, a task. <laughs> God damn, that guy's a comedian. That's that's. I, I was kind of mad because I wasn't expecting him to make a poll joke, so I did laugh at it. But I was like, "No, nah, fuck that guy." No, but that's it, the weird thing. It no, was Colin, a funny. When you look at him, Colin, when you look at him, tell me. Out of all the serial killers you've ever seen talked about, he's the one who looks least like a serial killer. This man, uh, he looks 40 I, his whole life. He, he, he doesn't look surprising as a, like, I, I don't have, like, 
a face that is like that's what I expect a serial okay, killer to, to look be like. Fair. Yeah, in the documentary, like in the interview, though, he was like great. He, to me, he just kind of looked like some dude I'd see at McDonald's. That's part of the persona, though. Well, yeah, no, I totally get it. But it's the only one that's ever been like, huh, you actually look like you could reasonably blend in. Like, Dahmer? I see a motherfucker look like Dahmer, and I'm like, uh... uh well, you would, but apparently many, 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 many others <laughs> did <laughs> not think that at all. After the fact. Right. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous the amount of people that like that man. That's bullshit, though, bro, because we learned last week that a lot of fucking people still thought he was a Weird and yet, fuck. he can still convince people to come over to his fucking fuck ghetto household <laughs> in a Bill fucking crack house, him, wherever it was. Wherever he bro, was at, it had to smell bad enough that nobody knew what he was doing in the first place. And you're going to go over and be like, isn't he like the lead fudge packer? Why is, I thought, wouldn't he be living on the uptown part? Why is he over here? Oh, oh, oh. He's the fudge packer in his job and in real life. And I just don't understand. It's like you, at some point you're stupid. You know, I'm not victim blaming here, but there is a point where it's just like your spidey senses should be tingling. <laughs> right. You know, my nigga went with him last week. He didn't show up for work the next day or the next day or the next day. But you right. know what Why I'm is there always one in? position always being filled? Oh yeah, no, he uh he didn't work out. My question we have is, to is hire that somebody else. My people like my people, fucking people would walk into <laughs> serial killers. Yeah, my people. <laughs> With the button ups and white dudes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking people walk into his apartment and they would smell that smell, obviously coming from his fucking refrigerator, and then you just sit there and be like, Oh, it's it's rotten meat. And you just and people would just be like, eh, okay. Yeah, handcuff me. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't you guys are really understanding. Most people probably don't know what a dead body really smells like. Like if you've never smelled that before, you're just gonna be like, "What the fuck is that smell?" Right. Like there's certain smells that stick out, and you know what uh, it is. The meat went bad. Uh. No, no, fuck that. <laughs> He's not lying. He did not lie. It probably did go bad. <laughs> we work in a nursing home. Me There's Jay. a certain smell that was going down the hallway, <laughs> and I knew exactly what it was from smelling it before. Yep, it the smell of living, rotting flesh, and it is disgusting. It is a distinct yeah, smell, and if you don't know what it is, you would think that it's a dead rose. And not to mention, pretty sure that body's in his freezer and shit. So, like, the smell probably wasn't that bad of that. The other shit around the house was probably because he was just a nasty. Nah, guy. it wasn't from the fridge, too. It was the fucking giant blue barrel he had in the corner of his apartment. No, that's what I'm saying. That's the sh- That's what you would have smelled, but the shit he had in his fridge, that would have been whatever. Because That's another thing. Straight, think about it. Imagine walking in the dude's apartment and just a big, smelly, blue fucking barrel in the corner of the room. Can't imagine. <laughs> it wouldn't be me. I would make a fuck if somehow I found myself in that situation. I immediately would be like, I fucked up. I'm gonna make an excuse to him. I'm gonna go to my car real quick or something. I'm getting the fuck out of there. Somebody I'm, did I'm, that. Lo- I'm doing a quick look scene. Are the blunt objects near me? Did he lock the fucking door? Like, what's going on here? I can't imagine how I'd get there. But if I did, that's definitely gonna be like, okay, I need to beat this nigga up and leave. I don't even know why people go over people's house that that easily. But then again, if you're trying to get some. 
some ass. Bro, yeah. Somebody, if if I can yeah. get there, somebody did that to Gacy. What they tried to fuck him? Like yeah, yeah. Said, he, he tried to fuck him, and they beat his ass because they were like they were like a collegiate wrestler or some shit. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he like invited some fucking dude who was like I think he was 18 or 19. He offered him a construction job, and after he but he was living with them. He was living with Gacy at the time. Well, no, he was like temporarily staying because he was going to Iowa Falls, so he was like staying with him for a little bit. And on like the last two days, he went down to the basement with Gacy to play some pool. And Gacy started trying to get him to bet stakes against like, you know, like, oh, if you lose, take off your clothes, you know, that shit. And the dude was like, nah. (laughs) And Gacy was like, all right, I'm just doing a psychological test. He literally literally starts saying that. And then later that night. He would not. Go ahead. It wasn't just posing as uh, their boss and their, you know, a clown. He was also posing as a police officer. He bought a cruiser that looked just like a police cruiser. He put the lights up on there and he would stop kids. You know, Jay, real quick, I want to say you look kind of like John Waters. Well, thank you. Well, you said he looks like John Waters or no, Jason looks like John Waters a little bit as an alien. Because <laughs> is John Waters an alien? Maybe right now he is. <laughs> right now he is. I wanted I wanted to say that um, in Spawn they took the they took Gacy's clown face, and put it on um, Violator. I'm pretty no shit. You didn't know that? Hold on, hold on. I, well, like, I never connected it, but, like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't remember seeing that shit. I'm, I, I, you didn't know that, Jay? Nah, I didn't. Get the fuck out of here. For real. <laughs> I think I got too many tabs. Now John Waters is a fucking Sour Patch. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know what I was looking at. <laughs> I saw. I just saw a little Sour Patch kid. I was like, is are those strawberries? Oh no, it's just more Sour Patch Kids. No, it's Jay going filter mad again. Yeah. Don't judge me. I'm just judging that- you. Okay. Is that your man? That's that's my hand. Your no. man's hand. <laughs> yes, my man's hand. It could be I? a dollar, bro. <laughs> so as we can see, what I Gacy suffered from what we like to call adverse childhood experiences, which likely affected his uh mental state growing up. Jay, your fucking alien avatar is killing me. <laughs> it looks like it's having like a fucking like or it looks like it's fucking like jizzing at the same time. I think this alien avatar is gonna kill you. Wait a couple of months till the other one comes out. <laughs> Just saying. Um, let's skip a little bit to when he was a KFC manager. It says here, uh, after six month courtship, Gacy and Mayers married in September 1964. Marilyn's father subsequently purchased three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa. The couple moved there so Gacy could manage the restaurants. 
with the understanding that they would move into Marilyn's parents' former home, which had been vacated for a couple of years. Uh, the, the offer was lucrative. Gacy would receive $15,000 per year, the equivalent to $134,550 as of 2020. This motherfucker was making $134,550 a year to be a fucking manager of three KFCs. And I can't make And that was in what? 1975? The fucking maintenance department in their nursing home. Huh? I said well, that was in what, what year was it? Was, like, eight or some shit? That's crazy. Sixty four. Sixty four. Now they was doing it was doing some other shit out that restaurant. And, and to be fair to you, Jason, um, you also apparently work in a place to where the bed care is so poor that you're gonna smell rotting flesh down the hallway. So it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All Could right. Be grounds for an anonymous tip. Even though we're live. Wink, wink. Uh, following the obligatory completion what's of your, management. What's your work number? Just for uh, purposes. Hey, 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 how about you stop talking about work? You said what, Dre? How about you stop talking about work? Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Let's talk about a murdering clown instead. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, dude. A murdering rapist clown. You can't forget that. A fat murdering rapist clown. Who was a politician. Yeah, well, that goes without saying with all those previous descriptors. Right. We know, we, we, we heard about that. Pe- well, let me not say it because then they might ban us again. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> laptops. <laughs> laptops. <laughs> laptops. <laughs> laptops. <laughs> following the obligatory completion of the management course Gacy relocated to Waterloo with his wife he opened a club in his basement where his employees could drink alcohol and play pool although Gacy employed teenagers of both sexes at his restaurant he socialized only with the young men Gacy gave many of them alcohol before uh, he made sexual advances uh if they rebuffed him, he would claim his advances were simply jokes of a test of morals. Gacy's wife gave birth to a son February 66 and a daughter in March 67. Gacy later described this period of his life as perfect. He had finally earned his father's approval. When Gacy's parents had paid a family visit in, 19, uh, in July 1966, his father privately apologized for the physical and emotional b- abuse he had inflicted throughout his son's childhood uh, before happily saying, son, I was wrong about you, uh, as he shook Gacy's hand. Well, sir, I think you jumped the gun there. Shouldn't have apologized so early because you're going to find out that your son is fucking and killing young boys. Just saying. We already spoke about the Waterloo JCs. Now, the assault of Donald Voorhees. This was the the first person, the 15-year-old, that uh, he molested, the son of the fellow JC that, that he first got convicted of. We spoke about the witness intimidation. We spoke about his parole. 
Let's start there. All right. Gacy was granted parole 12 months probation on June 7, 1970. After the whole uh, sodomy. Hold on. I got to take this off of that. Sodomy. Because remember, he said it was fucking uh, consensual fellatio. The kid just sucked his cock and that's it. He wanted him, He wanted to do it. So he said there was no sodomy there. He didn't. He didn't butt fuck him. He just mouth framed him. He uh, he was granted parole, twelve months probation in nineteen seventy after having served eighteen months of a ten year sentence. Eighteen months of a ten year sentence. Conditions of his probation included that Gacy relocated to Chicago to live with his mother and that he must observe a 10 p.m. curfew. On his release, uh, Gacy told friend and fellow J.C. Clarence Lane, who picked him up from prison, that he had remained steadfast in his belief of Gacy's innocence, that he would never go back to jail, and that he intended to reestablish himself in Waterloo. However, within 24 hours of his release, Gacy... What the fuck is wrong with my my throat? <coughs> oh, fuck. I feel like I ate a Dahmer sandwich. Gacy had relocated to Chicago. He arrived there on June 19th and shortly thereafter obtained a job as a short order cook in a restaurant. In uh, February 71, Gacy was charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy who claimed that he had lured him into his car at a Chicago Greyhound bus terminal and driven him to his home, where he had attempted to force the boy into having sex. Not the fucking Greyhound bus terminal. The court dismissed this complaint when the boy failed to appear. On June 22nd, Gacy was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct. The uh, arrest was in response to a complaint filed by a youth who claimed that Gacy had flashed a sheriff's badge, lured him into his car, and forced him to perform oral sex. These charges were dropped after the uh, complainant attempted uh, excuse me, attempted to blackmail Gacy. The Iowa Board of Parole did not learn of these incidents, and eight months later, in October 71, Gacy's parole ended. Now, they, the reason why they didn't know about it was because there wasn't a lot of state-to-state -state cooperation within the, the force at, the, at this Well, time. not even just that. Also, because it was a rural county police force, too. It was underfunded. <laughs> Overall, just not capable of supporting a community like that, which is already incredibly dependent on every other community around it. Probably full of crackheads, too. Probably. Probably. Oh, shit. Where was I? Where were you? With financial assistance from his mother, Gacy bought a ranch house near the village of Norridge in Norwood Park Township, an unincorporated area of Cook County, itself a part of metropolitan Chicago. 
I want to say one thing. Unincorporated areas are pretty tough sometimes, man. They don't really, sometimes they don't even get patrolled by police forces. At least in some unincorporated areas of Buffalo, like either you either get assistance from policing from the next town over or you just don't get it at all. And the most you can rely on is a state trooper coming like five, six hours later. So he picked like the perfect spot. He picked like the what? He picked like the perfect spot. Of course. They tend to. Dahmer picked the perfect spot too. <clears throat> that's why that's night- why he was able to pose as a police officer so easily. I just realized that. In August 1971, shortly after Gacy and his mother moved into the house. He became engaged with Carol Hoff, whom he had briefly dated in high school. So they didn't uh, mention it here, but he he had got divorced from his first wife. Now we're gonna skip a little bit because we I feel like we covered most of this because he got in, but after this he got into his PDM contractors, which was his um, contracting company, and then he he began to. Be- Come the clown, Pogo the clown, or Patches the clown, and it, it's it uh it's good to note that most clown makeup for children's parties and stuff like that have all the uh, edges rounded to to make it more of a, a a friendly thing. You know what I mean? But Gacy's makeup had all sharp edges. Yeah, I mean, clowns are still pretty awful, regardless. Yeah, clowns are pretty fucking awful. What a terrible filter. (laughs) It took me a second, but I was like, oh, that's a filter. Dizzle! Yeah, Jay, we're at that point. All right, so yes, we are at that part. Uh Excuse me, where am I? Let's get back to it. Gacy murdered at least 33 young men. This is this is where we're really getting at. He buried 26 of them in the crawl space of his house. His victims included people he knew and random individuals lured from Chicago Greyhound bus station, Bug House Square, or simply off the streets with the promise Bro, of a job. He, he hit up the fucking Greyhound terminal like it was a fucking drive-thru. Right. An offer of drink or drugs for sex uh, or money for victims who grabbed or victims who were grabbed by force. Others conned into believing Gacy, who often carried a sheriff's badge and had spotlights on his black Oldsmobile, was a policeman. Gacy lured a lone victim into his house, although uh, on more than one occasion, Gacy also had what he called doubles doubles nights when two victims were killed in the same evening inside Gacy's home. He usually uh, his usual modus operandi was to play a youth, apply a youth with a drink drugs or generally gain his trust. He would begin by sitting on or strutting himself above the victim's chest before forcing the victim 
to fillet him. Like I said, he would force him to suck his cock. Gacy then inflicted acts of torture, including burning with cigars, making his captive intimidate a horse as he sat on their back and pulled upon makeshift reins around their necks, and violation with foreign objects such as dildos and prescription bottles after he sodomized his captives. Now, there were um, bodies coming out of that hole that still had pill bottles inside of them. He left the pill bottles in their assholes. A passing on to the underworld. Collins back with a noir cam. Black guys. And a sandwich. I love his noir cam. Oh, where was I? Having restrained his victim, Gacy uh, proceeded to rape and torture his captive. He frequently began by sitting on, or oh, I, I guess I, I said that already. Pill bottles. Yes, pill bottles, sir. To immobilize his captive's legs before engaging in acts of torture, Gacy frequently uh, tied their ankles to a two-by-four with handcuffs attached to each end, an act inspired by Houston mass mur- the Houston mass murderers. He's also known to have verbally taunted many of his victims throughout their continued abuse and to have drugged or dragged or forced several victims into a crawl space in the bathroom uh, where he partially drowned them in the bathtub before repeatedly reviving them. So he would, this motherfucker would take them into the bathroom or make them crawl into the bathroom. While they were handcuffed or tied up. Now, this is what brings me to what Jay uh, Darby was asking me earlier to tell you guys. The fucking handcuff trick. Let's talk about the handcuff trip. Last week, Dahmer had his own handcuff trick where he would have them lay on the bed, put their arms behind their back. And tell them he just wanted to handcuff them and take bondage pictures because they were very popular. Gacy, however, would handcuff himself, show them he was handcuffing himself, and then seemingly get out of the handcuffs as if it was a trick. And then ask them if they would uh, want to try the trick out for themselves. Once they're handcuffed, he would say, uh, you know what would make the the trick easier is if you had the keys, because he would keep the keys in his back pocket to unlock himself from it. So now this motherfucker's handcuffed with no way to get out. He's all Gacy's. Um, having restrained his victims, uh, he proceeded to rape and torture his captive. He frequently be- uh, what the fuck? Why do I keep going back there? After death, Gacy usually stored the victim's bodies under his bed for up to 24 hours before burying his victim in the crawl, the crawl space. I wonder what he, the importance of that was. Why did he keep them under, under his, his bed? bed? I guess he wanted to, A, either make sure they were uh, still dead, or B, he wanted to make sure it was all clear before bringing them down to the crawl space. Because I doubt it was like with, with Dahmer that he wanted to feel their presence because he had a wife 
You know what I mean? He he was also fucking these kids. So he didn't need companionship. Right. Just drinking that shit straight, huh, Jay? Shout out to Hope Soda, by the way. That shit is banging. Hey, yo, shout out to Dietz and Watson. Some premium deli meats and cheese. Shout out to CM Garden for their delicious Peking duck. All right. Shout out to everybody that was. That's the sound a bullet makes when it hits metal. Gacy's first nerd, nerd, his nerd, first nerd. His first known murder occurred January 3rd, 1972, according to Gacy's later account. Following a family party on the evening of January 2nd, he decided to drive to the Civic Center in the loop view display of the ice sculptures. He then lured 16-year-old named Timothy Jack McCoy from Chicago's Greyhound Bus Terminal. McCoy was returning from a Christmas vacation in Michigan to his father's home in Omaha. Gacy took McCoy on a sightseeing tour of Chicago and then drove him to his home with the <laughs> promise that he could spend the night and be driven back to the station in the time to catch his bus. Prior to McCoy's identification, he was known simply as the Greyhound bus boy. Gacy claimed he woke up early the following morning to find McCoy standing in his bedroom doorway with a kitchen knife in his hand. He then jumped from his bed, and McCoy raised both arms in a gesture of surrender, tilting the knife upwards and accidentally cutting Gacy's forearm. Gacy twisted the knife from McCoy's wrist, uh, banged his head against the bedroom wall, kicked him against his wardrobe, and walked towards him. McCoy then kicked Gacy in the stomach, doubling him over. Gacy then grabbed McCoy, shouting, Motherfucker, I'll kill you. He then wrestled McCoy to the floor and stabbed him repeatedly in the chest as he straddled him. As McCoy lay dying, Gacy claimed he washed a knife in his bathroom, then went to his kitchen and saw an opened carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on his uh, kitchen table. McCoy had also set the table for two. He had walked into Gacy's room to wake him uh, while carrying the kitchen knife in his hand. Gacy buried McCall in his crawl space after covering his grave with a layer of concrete. In an interview several years after his arrest, Gacy said that immediately after killing McCoy, he felt totally drained, yet noted that he stabbed McCoy as he listened to the uh, gaspings of air. He had uh, experienced a mouth-numbing orgasm. He added that that's when he realized that death was the ultimate thrill. So he killed this kid and realized he came in his pants from killing him. Most like, uh, like most of these serial killers, they, he has a sexual thrill from it. Gacy said the second time he committed murder was around January 1974. Uh, this victim remains unidentified. Gacy strangled him and then placed the body in his closet before burial. He later straddled the body, uh, stated that the bodily fluids leaked from the, the victim's mouth and nose staining his carpet. As a result, Gacy regularly stuffed cloth rags uh, in the victim's own and the victim's own underwear or sock instead of mouths. On July uh, 31st, 1975, John Butkovich, an 18-year-old PDM employee from Lumberg, disappeared. John Butkovich. Butkovich's car 
Butkovich, maybe. Butkovich. He was found. I mean, think about it. Most of these kids were they were of Polish descent, so they they had all these fucking crazy ass names. I, I know all about Polish fucking last names, man. There, I, I barely could pronounce half of them. You would know about Poland. Nah, because Buffalo has tons of Polish people. Um, what the fuck? Budkovich's car was found parked near the corner of Sheridan and Lawrence with the jacket and wallet inside and the key still in the ignition. The day before his disappearance, Budkovich had con- confronted Gacy over two weeks, outstanding back pay. Budkovich's father, a Yugoslavic immigrant, called Gacy, who claimed he was happy to help search for his son, but was sorry Budkovich had run away. When questioned by police, Gacy said Budkovich and two friends had arrived at his house demanding the overdue pay, but they had reached a compromise and all three had left. Over the following three years, Budkovich's parents called police more than 100 times, urging them to investigate Gacy further. Gacy later admitted to encountering Budkovich exiting his car at the corner of West Lawrence Avenue. Waving to attract his attention, Gacy, uh, according to Gacy, Budkovich approached his car, stating, I want to talk to you. Gacy invited Budkovich into his car, then invited him back to his home uh, to settle over the wages. At his home, Gacy offered Budkovich a drink, then uh, conned him into allowing his wrist to be cuffed behind his back with the cuff trick, like I said. Gacy later confessed to having sat on the kid's chest for a while before he strangled him. It let's note that Gacy wasn't wasn't a small man like Dahmer. Gacy was a fucking heavy set man, about two three hundred pounds. He often referred to these. For the tra- record, that's two different body types. Two hundred is not three hundred. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking that too. Like two hundred pounds, three hundred pounds is a it's a pretty large difference, but whatever. I know, cause I'm, I'm like that's the difference between I, I know, like I'm, that I'm, guy I'm, and Peter Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was definitely he was definitely more towards Peter. Hey, Lois, I killed another Peter kid. Peter. Hey, Lois, I sat on Chris's chest for a little while, strangled. Oh, why'd you do that? No, thought he was Meg. <laughs> That's that's what I was doing right there. Isn't that how Meg sounds? I haven't watched the sound the show in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where the fuck was I? Gacy later confessed to having sat on the kid's chest for a while before he strangled them. He stowed Budkovich's body in his garage, intending Budkovich. to bury the body later in the crawl space. When his wife and stepdaughters returned returned home earlier than expected, Gacy buried Budkovich's body under the concrete floor of the tool room extension in his garage in the empty space where he initially intended to drain tile. My condolences to the uh, Butkovich family. The cruising years. In addition to the years, uh, to the year his business expanded, Gacy freely admitted 1979 was also when he began increase to increase the frequency of his excursions for the uh, sex with young males. He often refers to these jaunts as cruising. cruising. Gacy commented, 
most of his murders between 1976 and 1978 as he largely lived alone following his divorce. Before his divorce, he took he admitted to his wife that he was bisexual and that he was fucking young boys. And he told her, uh, I, I believe it was for Mother's Day. He said, uh, happy Mother's Day. This is the last time we're having sex. <laughs> I mean, at least he said something. I guess women just stop. I mean, she was pissed off, so he must have been something. You know what I mean? Nah. Yeah. I, How dare you withhold that clown dick from me? I feel like that marriage fell apart for other reasons. You're saving me so much money on glitter makeup. You better not. You better not. What do you mean, Darby? We. Uh, Gacy sitting in his room masturbating to uh, young pornos of young men while his wife was uh, there wasn't a you know a turn on for her. Him soiling his fucking underwear and bringing young boys underwear home wasn't enough for his wife. I mean, I thought that's what all women wanted was soiled underwear. After a nice long day at work, just take them off and throw them at her and just be like, wash them, hun. I heard that. No, I, turn them on. I mean, you know what? Of them being from a young boy who came all in them. You know what, Talon? You saying that's perfectly fitting. Oh. Noir filter. Yeah, I, I missed that part, Jason. I did not. Uh, I thought you just meant like eating his ass was dirty. Soiled with semen, sir. Soiled with semen. One month after his divorce was fi- divorce was finalized, <laughs> abducted and murdered 18-year-old Daryl Sampson. He was last seen alive in Chicago on April 7, in 76. Gacy buried him underneath the dining room with a section of cloth lodged in his throat. Five weeks later... On the afternoon of May 14th, 15-year-old Randall Radith disappeared shortly after returning from his uptown home from a dental appointment. On June 3rd, Gacy killed 17-year-old Lakeview teenager Michael Bonin. He disappeared while traveling from Chicago. Uptown Gacy girl. strangled Bonin. He strangled Bonin with a... Uh, what? I lost my place. Where was I? They strangled him with a ligature and buried him under the uh, spare bedroom. Ten days later, Gacy murdered 16-year-old uptown youth named Willie Carroll and buried him in the common grave in the crawl space. Carroll seems to have been the first of four victims known to have been murdered between June 13th and August uh, 6th, 76. Uh, three were between 16 and 17 years old, and one identified murder victim appears to have been an adult. On August 5th, a 16-year-old Minnesota youth named James Hackensack is known uh, to have phoned his family, possibly from Gacy's home. Hackensack died of suffocation. His body was buried in the crawl space beneath the, bo- the body of 17-year-old Bensonville youth named Rick Johnson. He was last seen alive on August 6th. Now, he would do this because uh, those two kids knew each other. They were friends. So he felt like they, knew- they belonged together. Between November and December of 76, Gacy murdered a 21-year-old named Francis Alexander, and his last contact was with his family uh, 
of his family was with a phone call to his mother. Uh, he made sometime in November. In December of 1976, another PDM employee, 17-year-old Gregory Godzik, disappeared. Uh, his girlfriend last saw him outside her house. He was he had driven her home uh, following a date. Godzik had worked for PDM for less than three weeks before he disappeared. Uh, in 77, Gacy lured 19 uh, the fuck 19-year-old John Sizik to his house uh, on the pretext of buying his Plymouth satellite. He later confessed to strangling Sizik in his uh, spare bedroom, claiming Rossi was asleep in the house following the morning. Gacy later sold the car to Rossi for three hundred dollars. Gacy also later, Gacy also told the police that uh, Sizik had sold the car to him before leaving town. Right, and he. Do you guys remember uh, the Dean Coral episode we did, the Candyman episode? Sure. Dre, Tyler, because you guys remember. All right. Well, I kind of remember it, but that's what we were doing last year around this time, right? Right, last year around this time. But he, um, he was another guy who raped and killed young boys, and it was said that they were connected in a way of an underground, a secret underground uh, prostitution ring for young boys who would have them go around the, the states, around the United States, fucking notable people. And uh, mm. Gacy, huh. right. Gacy said, I believe it was Gacy that said if he would, after he would see a boy for a couple of times and would get bored of him, he would kill him after that. But he, this is this is what we we seen in the Dean Coral. Um, first of all, it was said that they were connected, like I said, through the underground ring. But Dean Coral did the same thing, almost the same thing that he did with his victims in selecting his victims. Where Dean Coral's victims were, uh, it was said to be a big runaway town, and kids would try to go west. To, to make it in, in uh, any type of fucking trade or industry just to get out of their town. And they would never hear from them again. So it was easier for him to, to cover it up. With Gacy, he had the influence in the town. So nobody really questioned his ass until they did. And then once they did, everything came to light. So all these guys have that one murder that fucks with them. Uh, let's go to 78, where Donnelly reported the assault. Wait, what assault? And police questioned Gacy on uh, January 6, 78. Gacy admitted to having a sex-slave relationship with Donnelly, but insisted everything was consensual, adding that he didn't pay the kid. The money ha uh, he had promised him, the police believed him, and filed no charges. Because they were helping him in the ring. Whatever. March probably March 21st, Gacy lured 26-year-old Jeffrey Rignall into his car. Shortly after Rignall entered the car, Gacy chloroformed him and drove him to his house where his arms and head were restrained in a, a pillory device affixed to the ceiling and his feet locked into another device. Talk about fucking uh, medieval torture devices. 
Now, well, I mean, if you like, want to talk about medieval torture devices, I think the craziest one is the, the horse. It's like a giant wedge, and they would put you on top naked, and then they would tie heavy weights on both sides of your legs, and that would just split your shit down the middle. Fucking ridiculous. Nah, bronze, bronze bowl. When they would put you in a giant brass fucking cage that spilled. Wow, I guess he wasn't supposed to talk about that. Right, dude. Who kicked on that? Yeah, I guess they must still be I using didn't do that. that. One. The universe they, did they it must be using that. Darby, your agents don't like you talking about that. Yeah, no, it's a fucking bronze bowl that they would put people in that was hollow. And on the inside, they would like heat it up from underneath with like fire. So the entire metal casting they were trapped inside would uh, be like heated up. And their screams would come out of the metal casting, and it would sound like a bull because it would come through specific air filters. Man, humans are fucking pieces of work, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there was um that one where they would strap you down to a barrel, throw you in a swamp, and cover you with honey. Yeah, wasn't that a Roman thing? No. Sometimes they throw like an Persian. animal in there too. It was a Persian oh. thing. And they they throw like an animal in there with you, right? And like tie you up so you couldn't fight. Like no, a, the, I think like no. The whole point was they would tie you up and throw you in there and slather you with honey so the bugs would eat you from the inside out. Oh, nice. I'm not, okay. I'm thinking of a different barrel technique because we're we may be fucked up, but we're still creative. And the right. Romans preferred crucifixion. Yeah, but preferred. When you do so much killing, that doesn't really denote much. <laughs> they were well, very no. skilled. In they were. It was either crucifixion or they were just straight up like, "Well, you're a slave now. Maybe you can become a soldier. Maybe." Uh, Cogs in the machine, eh? That's back. how we Latin folk talk with British accents. Where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, he chloroformed his kid and put him to the torture device and fucked his ass up. <laughs> right. That's he then right. raped torture Various instruments, including lit candles, whips, and repeatedly chloroformed him into unconsciousness. Gacy then drove him to Chicago's Lincoln Park, where he dumped him. Uh, In the he end. He dumped him unconscious, but alive. Rigonal managed to stagger to his girlfriend's apartment. Police were informed of the assault, but did not investigate Gacy. Rigonal was unable was able to recall through the haze of the night the Oldsmobile, the Kennedy Expressway, the peculiar side streets, and uh, two friends I fifty five bridge into the, the Des Moines Plans River. How the fuck does that go together? Guy remembering it through a police report. Here, that the person writing it cobbled together a bunch of police reports. Oh, no, no, I, I jumped the gun. He and two friends staked out the Cumberland uh, exit of the expressway, and in April, Rigonal saw the Oldsmobile, which he and his friend was followed to 8213 Summerdale. Police obtained an arrest warrant in case he was arrested July 15th. He faced trial for battery against Rigonal. By 1978, the crawl space had no room for further bodies. Gacy later confessed to the police that he considered sto uh, stowing bodies in his attic initially, but he had worried about complications arising from leakage. Therefore, he chose to dispose of his victims off the I-55 bridge into the Des Moines Plans River. Gacy stated he had thrown
thrown five bodies into this river in 1978, one of which he believed he had landed on a passing barge. Only four bodies were ever found. On a passing barge? Imagine being a fisherman and you just see a body flopping near a fucking fish and you're like, well, what do we do now? Everyday Chicago. (laughs) The first known victim thrown off the I-55 bridge instead of the Des Moines Platts River was 20-year-old Timothy O'Rourke. He was murdered in mid-June after leaving his Dover Street apartment to purchase cigarettes. Shortly before his disappearance, O'Rourke had told his roommate a contractor on the northwest side had offered him a job. On November 4th, Gacy killed 19-year-old Franklin Landingen. His naked body was found close to an inlet in the Des Moines Platts River by two duck hunters on November 12th. On November 24th, a 20-year-old Elmwood Park resident, James Mazara, disappeared after sharing Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Mazara had informed his sister the day prior to his disappearance that he was working in the construction industry and doing all right. He was last seen alive walking in the direction of the Bughouse Square, carrying a suitcase. On the afternoon of December 78, Gacy visited the Nissan Pharmacy in Des Moines uh, plants to discuss a potential remodeling deal with the store owner, Phil Torf. While he was within earshot of 15-year-old part-time employee Robert uh, Peast, Gacy mentions his firm often hired teenage boys at a starting wage of $5 per hour, almost double the pay Priest earned at the pharmacy. <coughs> Shortly after Gacy left the pharmacy, Pice's mother arrived at the store to drive her son home so the family could celebrate her birthday together. Uh, Pice asked his mother to wait, adding that some contractor wants to talk to me about a job. He left the store at 9 p.m., promising to return shortly. Uh, Peace was murdered shortly after. 10 at Gacy's home. Gacy later stated that at his house, he asked Peace whether there was anything he would do for the right price, to which Peace replied that he did not mind working hard. In response, Gacy stated good money could be earned by hustling. Although Peace uh, was dismissive, Gacy then duped Peace into doning handcuffs before saying, I'm going to rape you, and you can't do anything about it. As Pice began weeping, he also stated that he he placed a rope around Pice's neck. The boy was crying scared, Gacy admitted uh, admitted to having a phone call from a business acquaintance as uh, Pice lied dying, suffocating on his bedroom floor. When Pice failed to return, his his family filed a missing person report with the Mines Platts uh, police. Toff named Gacy as a contractor. Peace had most likely left the store to talk to, uh, about the job. Lieutenant uh, Joseph Kazarak, whose son attended Main West High School like Peace, chose to investigate Gacy further. Having spoken to Peace's mother on the morning of December 12th, Kazanstack became conv- uh, convinced Peace had not run away from home. A routine check of Gacy's criminal background revealed that he had an outstanding battery charge against him in Chicago and uh, served a prison sentence in Iowa for sodomy of a 15-year-old boy. The first search warrant 
suspect in case he might be holding priest against his will at his house. Uh, point the uh, DP police because I'm not gonna keep saying fucking Des Moines plant. Obtained the warrant to search Gacy's house on December 13th. This search of Gacy's property revealed several suspicious items, including several police badges and a six millimeter Beretta uh, starter pistol inside an office office drawer, and a syringe and hypodermic needle inside a cabinet in Gacy's bathroom. Investigators also found handcuffs, several books on homosexuality. Uh, with titles such as The Great White Swallow and Pretty Boys Must Die. Seven pornographic films, capsules of amul nitrile, and an 18-inch dildo in Gacy's bedroom. A 39-inch 2x4 with two holes drilled in each end, bottles of value, and several driver's licenses were found in the northwest bedroom. <clears throat> now we told you that already in the beginning that he was um under surveillance these surveillance guys were were surveilling him for a while and he would you know lure them in by buying them meals bringing them into establishments while they you know they were outside in the cold so he thought he was uh doing something with that but really <laughs> He was just digging his his uh, hole further. By December 18th, Gacy was beginning to display signs of strain from the constant surveillance. He was unshaven, looked tired, appeared anxious, and was drinking heavily. And this was out of character for him because he was a very a very charismatic character. Uh, he always upheld himself in a higher standard than most people. Sure, he sure. did. He did. He was he was very he was he had very narcissistic tendencies. Most of these people do. That afternoon he drove to his lawyer's office to prepare a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar civil suit against Des Moines Plants Police Department, demanding that they cease their surveillance. The same day, the serial number of the Nissan pharmacy photo uh, receipt found in Gacy's kitchen was traced to 17-year-old Kimberly Byers, a, a colleague of Peist at Nissan Pharmacy. Byers admitted when contacted in person the following day that she had worn the jacket on December 11th to shield herself from the cold. She had placed the receipt in the Parker pocket just before she gave the coat to Peist as he left the store, claiming a contractor wanted to speak with him. The statement co contradicted Gacy's previous statements that he had no contact with Robert Peist on the evening of December 11th. The same evening, Rossi was uh, interviewed a second time. This time, he was more cooperative. He informed detectives that in the summer of 77 at Gacy's behest, he had spread 10 bags of lime in the crawl space. Now, Gacy had two kids that worked with him. Um, like with uh, Dean Coral, he had two kids working with him in the crawl space, as far as we know. He had the guys dig out the crawl space for the bodies, and he had them place lie there. They said they never seen bodies, they never helped with bodies, and they never helped kill people, but we never really know. You know what I mean? Gacy did say he was set up after all. <laughs> he was set up by Ghislaine and Epstein. Probably. 
I mean, you know, it's not, it's not that, that crazy to think when you see how many people he was connected to. He could just be a fall guy. Not that I'm giving him any bad. Yeah. I mean, he did also have like 20 bodies under his fucking basement. That doesn't mean Bro, he, had, he had 26 bodies in the crawl space. He had um, a body inside the garage. And That's then a big fucking crawl space, by the way. He had a couple of kids dig it out, man. Yeah, it was it was bananas, bro. Paid him peanuts. Treated him like the Chinese did while they were building the wall. Be like, oh, gee golly, I just built out a new body holding cross. On the evening now of I December twenty, the Gacy drove his lawyer's office. Excuse you, Jay. He was saying something possibly <laughs> offensive. You should let him finish. Exactly. Right. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry to. Uh, Stagger your offensiveness. Proceed. Tell yeah, we, me. We have Tell to be me. that beacon, Jay. Tell we me. Have to, we have to be the people that will say the thing. Nah, right. Talon, this is the same guy that was telling me to lay out the drink, and he's just over here dizzling all over the place. I know. He's been drizzling oh, all over his grammar too. for a little bit now. It's all right. Leave me alone, all right? And it's not because of my grammar <laughs> the dizzle. My throat is super dry for some reason. Too much. You have no water. Drink some water, bitch. Nah, I'm where'd working. Jasmine go? She fucking dipped out. She went to sleep. She said Gacy uh, was too boring for her. She should came for fucking Dom. See, I, this is what I told you before. Like, I don't know what it is about this man's story, but it's like fuck him. But like his story is fucking boring for a serial killer. I don't know. I think it's the. I think it's because he's not actually killing people as a clown. Right, right. He's he's not he. He's boring because his story is almost like a normal person, except for the killing of thirty three kids. You know what I mean? He he owned businesses. He was very successful. He had two marriages. Was divorced. Had four kids. You know what I mean? And and to, but if he wasn't a killer in today's standards, he would be a model fucking citizen. And a very big fucking uh, player for the LGBTQ community. <laughs> I heard Alien John Waters. Just saying. Just saying. On the evening of December 20th, Gacy drove to his lawyer's office in Park Ridge to attend a scheduled meeting uh, to discuss the progress of his civil suit. On his arrival, Gacy appeared disheved and immediately asked for an alcoholic beverage, whereupon Sam Amarante fetched a bottle of whiskey from his car. On his return, Amarante asked Gacy what he had to discuss with them. Gacy picked up a copy of the Daily Herald from Amarante's desk, pointed to the front page article covering the disappearance of Robert Peace and said, this boy is dead. He's dead in a river. I mean, he's dead. He's this boy is dead. He's dead. He's in a river. Gacy then proceeded to give a rambling confession that ran into the early hours of the following morning. He began by informing Amarante and Stevens he had been uh, been the judge, jury, and executioner of many, many people, and that he now uh, wanted to be the same for himself. He said he had murdered at least 30 victims, 
most of whom he had buried in his crawl space. He had disposed of five other bodies in the river. Uh, Gacy dismissed his victims by dismissed his victims as male prostitutes, hustlers, and liars to whom he gave the rope trick. Adding, he sometimes awoke to find dead, strangled kids on his floor, with their hands cuffed behind their back. He had buried their bodies into the crawl space, as he believed they were his property. So we. You know what? I bet you Gacy was low-key part of a CIA psychological operation. And they were testing shit out on him and some other people, seeing how it would work and if they could get him to do some crazy fucked up shit and they didn't really even realize it. They would just slip into this serial killer type of zone with some type of trigger that nobody realizes and they don't know it. But they're being utilized for some sort of MK Ultra type shit. And it's all just a game. It's all just a game. See, that would be more fun. But no, instead we got this boring fucking story. It would be. Who's to say that all these serial killers aren't a social exper- experiment? Or just a Could product be. of the times. I think they all are. People they all are what? Product of the times or serial killers? Because it seems like it's, it's been evolved because we don't get many serial yeah, killers. Yeah, Dre, both. No, nah, I was going to say it's probably... We prob- do get serial killers to nowadays. They just don't yeah, probably we do. where they used to. Dude, a serial Not, killer, a serial killer just got caught. Serial killers evolved from being. Yeah, and I don't know why that's not a national story. It was where was it at where that happened? Chicago. I think it was somewhere down. Was it Chicago? I had heard somewhere like I think in Missouri or something like that. Somebody got caught because some woman was running out of her house with like a collar on and shit, and police investigated. There were like other bodies found supposedly. Yeah, Stockton. California? Yeah, Stockton, California, yeah. Yeah. Like I was yeah. saying, there's ser- the amount of serial killers there are in the United States has probably stayed around the same number, but they don't publicize it as much because they give a lot of these guys personality media, right? They're not as, I don't want to say they're as cool, but they're not as marketable as Richard Right, Ramirez. but now instead of glorifying serial killers, they're fucking glorifying mass murderers. And semantics, like if you want to, it really is because I mean, like at the same time, I'm just thinking about like how Buffalo had that one shooter who killed like seven people in a fucking grocery market just for fun, and then Joseph Christopher. Like technically, you could say they're both serial killers based on what the FBI says, but it's kind of different. Well, Joseph Christopher was a serial killer. He's... I'm, ta- I'm, yeah, so I'm talking about the Buffalo, the, the shooter at the store. Yeah, that, yeah. when he killed, like, he killed like eight people. Yeah. I mean, the major difference is the time frame and the fact that one was blatant, the other one was hidden, you know? Fair enough. As a result of... Uh, result. As, As a result, result of the alcohol... Yeah, <laughs> As a result of the alcohol he and I consumed, Gacy fell asleep midway through his confession. Amarante immediately arranged... You might want to retract that shit. I don't know if they're going to appreciate a fucking endorsement from Gacy. (laughs) As a result of the alcohol he had consumed, Gacy fell asleep midway through his confession. Amarante immediately arranged... Gacy didn't drink Dizzle. No, no, he didn't. He drank whiskey. Yeah, he he was a Dizzle. He drank Jack Daniels. (laughs) 
Yeah, fuck Jack. It's not real whiskey anyway. Uh, Amarante arranged a psychiatric appointment for Gacy at 9 a.m. Uh, on awakening... Several hours later, Gacy shook his head when informed by Amarante that he had confessed to killing approximately 30 people, saying, well, I can't think about this right now. I've got things to do, ignoring his lawyer's advice regarding his scheduled appointment. Gacy left their office to attend the needs of his businesses. Gacy later recollected his memories of his final day of freedom as being hazy. I'm sorry, you said, he- you said he confessed to 30 murders in detail and then went to work? Yeah. He did yeah. so. I mean, it is a little <laughs> bit suspect some of these circumstances. Like the police, like how inept you gotta be, you Mayberry fuck. There's a bunch of Mayberry motherfuckers over here. Like how? What? What? You don't let this man go tend to his businesses. You you say, Wait, oh yeah, sure, lawyer, uh, just follow me this way. It wasn't the cops. It was the lawyer that he confessed to. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say, what the fuck. I mean, the police were basically some Mayberry motherfuckers because they were just basically doing nothing the entire time. I mean, like, literally, they failed to investigate so many of the cases. And a lot of people were seen last talking to Gacy, and then there's just fucking, you know, the police being like, oh, last seen with Gacy? You know, Gacy couldn't be. Right, had they actually followed up on a couple of these fucking rapes? Where the fuck was I? If, If only they did their jobs. Nah, fuck police. They did their job. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess with work ethic, not just like, you know. But then again, I'm not oh. even going to get into that. That's such a difficult thing to get into. I'm not exactly going to say shit. They supposed to do. They did exactly what they were hired to do. Technically. Yeah, they definitely did that. Cops always do that. <laughs> Gacy later recollected his memory of his final day of freedom as being hazy, adding he knew his arrest was inevitable and that he intended to visit his friends and say his final farewells. After leaving his lawyer's office, Gacy drove to a gas station where, in the course of filling his rental car, he handed a small bag of cannabis to the attendant, who immediately handed the bag to the surveillance officers adding that Gacy had told him the end is coming for me. These guys are going to kill me. Gacy then drove to the home of a fellow contractor and friend, Ronald Rude. Gacy hugged Rude before bursting into tears and saying, I've been a bad boy. I killed 30 people, give or take a few. Gacy left Rude and drove to Cram's home to meet with Cram and Rossi. As he drove along the expressway, the surveillance officers noted he was holding a rosary to his chin, praying while he drove. After talking with Cram and Rosie, Gacy had Cram drive him to the scheduled meeting with lawyer Leroy Stevens on the northwest side. As Gacy spoke with Stevens, Cram informed the surveillance officers that Gacy had told him and Rossi that he had confessed to over 30 murders and his lawyers and the previous evening Gacy had Cram drive him uh, to Mary Hill Cemetery where his father was buried so he's just crossing his uh, T's and dotting his I's armed with a signed search warrant police and evidence technicians drove to Gacy's home on their arrival officers found Gacy 
I'll skip a piece. As Gacy drove to various locations that morning, police outlined the informal draft of their second search warrant, specifically to search for the body of Robert Peast in the crawl space. On hearing from the surveillance detectives that in the light of his erotic behavior, Gacy might be ab about to commit suicide. Police decided to arrest him on the charge of possession and distribution of cannabis in order to hold him in custody. As the formal request for a second search warrant was presented at 4.30 p.m. on December 21st, the eve of the hearing of Gacy's civil suit, Judge Marvin J. Peters granted the request for a second search warrant. After police informed Gacy of their intentions to search his crawl space for the body of peace, Gacy denied the teenager was buried there, but confessed to having killed in self-defense a young man whose body was buried under his garage. Armed with the signed search warrant, police and, and evidence technicians drove to Gacy's home. On their arrival, officers found Gacy had unplugged his sump pump, flooding the crawl space with water to, uh, to clear it. They simply replaced the plug and waited for the water to drain. After it had done so, evidence technician Daniel Genty entered the 28 by 38 foot crawl space crawled to the southeast area and began digging. Now, this is what I told Darby when I was doing research. It's it's not a big area. These guys were digging for these dead bodies and pulling these dead bodies out with their bare fucking hands. Imagine the sheer smell. All that know. all that lie there too. Yeah, the lie itself is a fucking killer. And then just, like, he put 10 bags of lie in that tiny crawl space. Holy shit. You're muted. How many would you have used? Seven. Word. You're still muted. You're but maybe you don't muted, know you're brother. muted. Yeah, I did it. Within minutes, he had uncovered pe uh, petrified flesh and a human arm bone. Mm. immediately shouted to the investigators that they could charge Gacy with murder, adding, I think this place is full of kids. A police photographer then dug into the northeast corner of the crawl space, uncovering a patella. The two then began digging in the southeast uh, corner, uncovering two lower leg bones. The victims were too decomposed to be piped. As the body disco discovered in the northeast corner was later unearthed, a crime scene technician discovered the skull of a second victim al alongside this body. Later excavations of the feet of this second victim revealed a further skull beneath the body. Because of this, technicians returned to the trench where the first body was unearthed, discovering the ribcage of a fourth, fourth victim within the crawl space. Confirming the scale of the murders. <clears throat> After being informed that the police had found human remains in the crawl space and that he would now face murder charges, Gacy told officers he wanted to clear the air, adding he had known his arrest was inevitable since the previous evening, which he had spent on the couch in his lawyer's office. In the early morning hours of December 22nd, and in the presence of his lawyers, Gacy provided a formal statement in which he confessed of murdering approximately 30 males, all of whom he claimed had entered his house willingly. Some victims were 
referred to by name, but Gacy claimed not to remember, not to know or remember most of the names. He claimed all were teenage male runaways or male prostitutes, the majority of whom he had buried in the crawl space. Gacy claimed that he dug only five of the victim graves in this location and had his employees, including Gregory Godzik, dig the remaining trenches so that he would have graves available. One victim hailed from Round Lake. Another had been a Michigan native. When shown a driver's license issued a Robert Hastings, issued to Robert Hastings, which had been found on his property, Gacy claimed not to know him, but admitted that his license had been in the possession of one of his victims. In January 1979, he had planned to conceal the corpse even further by covering the entire crawl space with concrete. When questioned specifically about Peast, Gacy confessed to luring him to his house and strangling him on the evening of December 11th. He also admitted to having slept alongside Peast's body that evening before disposing of the corpse in the river. On his way to the police station, he had been in a minor traffic accident after disposing of Peast. His vehicle had slid off an ice-covered road and he had been towed from the location. Accompanied by the policemen, his lawyers, and his older sister, Casey was driven on the I-55 bridge on December 23rd to pinpoint the precise spot where he confessed to having thrown the body of Robert Peace and four other victims into the river. Gacy was then taken to his house and instructed to mark his garage floor with orange spray paint to show where the, the body of the individual he had supposedly killed in self-defense was buried. Now, it's... it's <clears throat> It's good to note that when they made him do this, he didn't just like outline it in a circle. This motherfucker made like a chalk outlining with the spray paint of where the body was and how the body was positioned. Uh, so they got that from Gacy. I don't know if that originated from Gacy, but that's what he did. His experience as a contractor, man. Gotta yeah, so this is how I laid out the body here, and then this is how I laid out this body here. Because when you're doing a big project, you got to make sure you have all your materials. No, your bodies. Right. Can't forget the bodies. Right, can't forget Cheap them. labor, that's what I hire. Cheap labor, because then once you're done with them, you can just put them in with the project, and nobody will know. Hey, by the way, you want to see a handcuff trick? Right. Back then... <laughs> <laughs> Back then, he would utilize young teenage boys because it was easier for him to, to hire them. Nowadays, he'd go to Home Depot and get some day laborers. See, home. Too soon, that, too soon. Is, is that what you do with your petty cash budget, Jay? I don't have a petty cash budget, but if I did, yes, I would. You heard it here. You heard it. You heard it here, folks. Minus the murdering. You the heard it here, folks. The next time they have a shipment of uh, immigrants, they'll send them to your house. <laughs> Gacy was brought. Yeah, the, the only thing that's going to be happening over here is the immigrants are going to be cooking some really good fucking food. Whatever, Gacy, bro. I don't think they'll care. They'll cook food and end up in the crawl space. Whatever. We'll, we'll camp uh, out in the backyard. Gacy. Casey was That's brought why to you trial your house, bro. You might as well move at that point. <laughs> I mean, I don't own the house anyway. That's besides the point. 
Uh, Gacy uh, was brought to trial on February 6, 1980, and charged with 33 murders. He was tried in Cook County, Illinois, before Judge Louis Garoppolo. The, the jury was selected from Rockford because of the extensive press coverage in Cook County. At the request of his defense counsel, Gacy spent over 300 hours with doctors at Menard Correctional Center in Chester in the year before his trial. He underwent a variety of psychological tests before a panel of psychiatrics to determine whether he was mentally competent to stand trial. Gacy attempted to convince the doctors that he had multiple personality disorder. He claimed he had four personalities. The hardworking, civic-minded contractor, the, uh, the active politician, a policeman called Jack Hanley, and the clown. The clown's the most benign one. Uh, the, the policeman, uh, Jack Hanley, was also referred to Bad Jack. When Gacy had confessed to police, he claimed to be re, uh, relaying to the crimes of Jack. He, dis, he destined uh, homosexuality and who viewed male prostitutes as weak, stupid, and degraded scum. His lawyers opted to have Gacy plead not guilty by reason of insanity to the charges against him, presenting Gacy as a Jekyll and Hyde character. The defense pr uh, produced several psychiatric experts who had examined Gacy. Three psychiatric experts at Gacy's trial testified they had found him to be a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personalities, and the prosecutors pre presented the case that Gacy was sane and in full control of his actions. To support his uh, contention, they proceeded several witnesses to testify uh, that Gacy's actions and efforts he took to escape the uh, he took were to escape detention. These doctors refuted the defense uh, doctor's claims of multiple personalities and insanity. Cram and Rossi testified that Gacy had made them dig drainage trenches and spread bags of lye in the crawl space. Both said Gacy looked uh, periodically into the crawl space to ensure that they were they and other employees were supervised, did not deviate from uh, the precise locations he had marked. On February 8th, Robert Stain testified that all the bodies recovered from Gacy's property were marked uh, markedly, excuse me, decomposed and petrified, skeletonized remains, and that all the autopsies he performed, 13 victims, had died of asphyxiation, six of uh, strangulation, one of multiple stab wounds to the chest, and 10 in under undetermined ways. It must have been that fucking two-foot cock he shoved in their ass or the pill bottles that were stuck in there. No, I was just thinking, like, if you're stuck inside the attic while lime was actively dissolving all that soil, you would definitely suffocate. Yeah, pretty much. On March 11th, the final arguments by both prosecution and defense attorneys began, and they concluded the following day. Prosecuting attorney Terry Sullivan spoke first, outlining that Gacy's history of abusing youths, the testimony of his efforts to avoid the detection, and uh, describing his surviving 
victims. Voorhees and Donnelly as living dead, referring to Gacy as the worst of all murderers. Sullivan stated John Gacy has accounted for more human devastation than mainly than many earthly catastrophes. But one must tremble. I tremble when thinking about just how close he came to getting away with it all. After the state's four-hour closing, counsel Sam Amarante spoke for the defense. Amarante argued against the testimony delivered by the doctors who had testified for the prosecution, repeatedly, repeatedly citing that the testimony of the four psychiatrists and psychologists who had testified on behalf of the defense Amarante also accused Sullivan of scarcely referring to the evidence presented throughout the trial as his own closing argument and of arousing hatred against his client. The defense lawyers attempted to portray Gacy as a man driven by compulsions he was unable to control, contending to the state he had met their burden by proving Gacy sane beyond a reasonable doubt. In support of these arguments, the defense referred to the testimony of the doctors who had appeared to the defense. In addition, the defense witness, uh, such as Jeffrey Reganall, and former business associate of Gacy's uh, named Mickle Reed, both of whom had testified to their behalf that Gacy had been unable to control his actions. Amarante then argued that the jury... Uh, argued the jury to put aside their prejudice they had held against his client and asked they deliver a verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity, adding that Gacy was a danger to both himself and the others, and that studying his psychi psychologically, studying his psychologically and behavioral would be of benefit to science. Uh, on the morning of March 12th, William Kunkel. Uh, continued to argue for the prosecution. Kunkel referred to the defense constitution of insanity as a sham, arguing that the facts of the case demonstrated Gacy's ability to think logically and control his actions. Kunkel also referred to the testimony of the doctors he had that had examined Gacy in 68 and had concluded he was an antisocial personality, capable of committing crimes without remorse and unlikely to benefit from social or psychiatric treatment, stating that he had the recommendations of this doctor had been heeded, Gacy would not have been freed. At the closing of the argument, Kunkel removed photos of Gacy's 22 identified victims from the display board and asked the jury not to show sympathy, but to show justice. Kunkel then asked the jury to show the same sympathy uh, to this, the same sympathy this man showed when he took these lives and put them there before throwing the stack of photos into the opening of the trap door from Gacy's crawlspace, which he had introduced as evidence and was on display in the courtroom. After Kunkel had finished his testimony, the jury retired to, to consider the verdict. The jury deliberated for less than two hours and found Gacy guilty of 33 charges of murder. He had also found they had also he was also found guilty of sexual assault and taking uh, liberties with a child, both convictions in reference to Robert Peist. At the time, his convictions for 33 murders was the most of which any person in U.S. history had been convicted. Mind you, they said at the time. In the sentencing phase of the trial, I believe, isn't it, uh, 
Samuel Little that got the record now? Yeah. Uh, in the sentencing phase of the trial, the jury deliberated for more than two hours before sentencing Gacy to death for each murder committed after the Illinois statute on capital punishment came into effect in June 77. His execution was set for June 2nd, 1980. On being sentenced, Gacy was transfer, uh, transferred to Menard Correctional, uh, where he remained incarcerated on death row for 14 years. He had a couple of appeals and stuff, but ultimately, on the morning of May 9th, 1994, Gacy was transferred from Menard Correctional Center to Stateville Correctional Center in Crest Hill to be executed. That afternoon, he was allowed a private picnic on the prison grounds with his family. For his last meal, Gacy ordered a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and a dozen fried shrimp, French fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. That evening, he observed prayer with a Catholic priest before being... Escorted to the Stateville execution chamber to receive a lethal injection. And this is where last week we said Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer was being baptized on the same morning. Before the execution begun, the chemicals used to affect the execution solidified unexpectedly, clogging the IV tube used to administer the chemicals into Gacy's arm, complicating the procedure. This made his lethal lethal injection uh, more, more excruciating uh, than, than most. Uh, where the fuck was I? After 10 minutes, the blinds were reopened and the execution resumed. The entire procedure took 18 minutes and a CGologist blamed the problem on the prison officials inexperienced at conducting an uh, execution, saying that he, he had correct execution procedures, had correct execution procedures been followed the complications would never have occurred this error apparently led to illinois adapting an alternative method to lethal injection on this subject one prosecutor at gacy's trial william kunkel said he got a much easier death than any of his victims according to the published reports gacy was a diagnosed psychopath who did not express any remorse for his remorse for his crimes his final statement to his lawyer before execution was that killing him would not compensate for the loss of others and that the state was murdering him. His final spoken words were reported to be, kiss my ass. In the hours leading up to Gacy's execution, a crowd estimated at over 1,000 gathered outside the correctional center. A vocal majority were in favor of the execution, although a small number of the anti-death penalty uh, protesters were also present. Some of those in favor of the execution wore t-shirts harkening to Gacy's previous community services as a clown and bearing <laughs> satirical slogans such as no tears for the clown. An anti-death penalty prosecutor's present observed a silent candle vigil. After Gacy's death was confirmed at 12.58 a.m. on May 10th, 1994, his brain was removed. Uh, it is in the possession of Helen Morris, a witness of the defense at Gacy's trial, who was who has interviewed Gacy and other serial killers in an attempt to isolate what? common personalities. Motherfuckers yeah, so wouldn't let me keep my tooth at the dentist, but this bitch was like, yeah, I want his brain. 
because she's she's done uh more fucking research. She probably owns, I grew the fucking tooth. I don't give a fuck. She probably owns more than just his brain. She's probably part of the ring. She probably made that. She she got the head brain because she orchestrated his death because he was part of a ring and his time was up. He was getting sloppy. They were like, you know what? They're going to find you. We're just going to kill you or you're going to get caught. It's one of the two. Right. It sounds like the beginning of a shitty sequel. It's like they're going to planning on building a Casey bot with this brain. Right. A terrible Doctor yeah. Who episode. <laughs> Before we uh, ask you guys your uh, closing statements on this fucking heinous, these heinous crimes, let me give uh, the names and ages of the known victims that were um, actually able to be identified. Timothy Jack McCoy, age 16. John Butkovich, age 18. Daryl Sampson, age 18. Randall Raffith, age 15. Samuel Stapleton, age 14. Michael Bonin, age 17. William Carroll Jr., age 16. James Hackenstack, age 16. Rick Johnston, age 17. Kenneth Ray Parker, age 16. Michael Morano, age 14. William Bundy, age 19. Francis Alexander was 21, so... Mm. He had a couple 21-year-olds, so it wasn't just kids. Gregory Godzik, age 17. John Sizik, age 19. John uh, Prestige, age 20. Matthew Bowman, age 19. Robert Gilroy Jr., age 18. John Malroy, age 19. Russell Lloyd Nelson, age 21. Robert David Winch, age 16. Tommy Joe Bowling, age 19. David Talsma, age 19, William Kindern, age 19, Timothy O'Rourke, age 20, Frank Landingen, age 19, James Mazara, age 20, and the piece de resistance, the cherry on top, the nail in John Gacy's coffin, Mr. Robert Jerome Peace, age 16, designated as body number 30. There are still five unidentified um, bodies. So what do you guys uh, think of this piece of work here? What do you think, Dre? He's a piece of shit. That's, that's all you took away from this episode? Yeah. Where I feel you. There's not much you can really say about these pieces of shit. I mean, what else could we say that hasn't already been said or thought of about this guy? I will say one thing that is kind of interesting is his connection to law enforcement and politics. That's something that they don't really talk about that much. They just, you know, say, oh, he's a serial killer. He was crazy. Like, yeah, it's a lot deeper than that. That would imply connected. Right. And it's, it's, it's also, it also would imply that um, mental disabilities are also at play there. That also stem from fucking childhood. Uh, yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> All right. You got it. He ain't the only person that got beat up by his fucking dad or no, made- he's not. He's not. Life goes on. Deal with it. Some people can't handle it. What do you think, Miss Shore Bundy? Well, like I said, I, I hope they at least equip Thugger with the equipment to make a mixtape from prison because I mean I, I miss the vibe, you know. It's nice to hear <laughs> in music every now and then. Hey, hold on, Tony. He probably got a bunch of unreleased and shit like that, so you should be okay. You're right. This is very true. Well, I guess I don't have much to say then. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, like like you said, he's a piece of shit. I think it is interesting. There, there probably is more of a conspiracy here. Like, he, he definitely is a killer here. Maybe he does have multiple personalities. Maybe that was taken advantage of. Maybe he was just, like, a low-level Epstein for the area, and that's why uh, there's so much, like, well, you didn't notice this until now? Like, what, what do you fuck? think about that possible connection between uh, John Gacy and uh, Dean Coral in the form of an underground youth sex ring? Well, I mean, they exist, so it's possible. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's really it makes way more sense now hearing that. Yeah, especially now, it it seems more plausible than it probably would have been then. Right, and for people that. Think I'm bullshitting with that? Go on Peacock. They have a two-episode documentary on uh, trying to establish the connection between Dean Coral and um, John Wayne Casey. Darbulus Maximus, what do you think about this? Well, so uh, to me, honestly, the thing that sticks out the most is just the fact that he was like your average neighborhood politician that everybody looked up to. You know, he owned a few KFC restaurants and like he was a member of his local JCs. He was just your local neighborhood fucking charismatic fellow who owned a construction company that hired lots of young men. And the thing that's fascinating to me is just the difference between that John Gacy and the other John Gacy. And just how manipulative he was. Just how manipulative of the police he was. How manipulative of everyone around him. How many people believed in him and didn't think that he did anything wrong. You know, Reminded me of a cult. What John Wayne Gacy cult? Yeah, like a fucking like people just thought like, oh, he couldn't do anything wrong, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure there there are are people right now that kind of uh, idolize Pogo the Clown for some odd fucking reason. Because people are fucked. Yeah, mostly. Which is why you guys love when we cover guys like this. Because it's fucking entertaining. Although, I gotta say, he, like Talon said, he was one of the more boring fucking serial killers. Yeah, the most interesting thing is like the possible conspiracy around his killings. It's like, well, there's very loose tangents this way that are interesting. How the police never cared. It's not to say like. It's not horrific, but like, uh, I don't know. Like at this point, it's not. And it's another one for the books. And again, the fact that he gets put up right, as this cloud killer is such a misnomer. 
Because if he actually was more directly tied to, like, he was killing children from the stuff that he was doing and not getting caught, that would be wilder. But he just happened to dress up as a clown and do kids' parties. It's not, it has nothing to do really with what he did other than that was one of the jobs that he took on. And it's really a misnomer because right. it makes it sound like it's way more interesting than it actually is. It's just another killer, serial killer story. It's tragic. It's unfortunate, but it's not especially to be honest, up, outside of the, the suspect clown, stuff. I around. thought that you kind of tend to think of the guy from American Horror Story when you think of John Wayne Gacy. That's how you want to think about him as killing people as the clown, but that that wasn't the case. And it would have made for and I'm, I apologize uh, for feeling uh, a little uh, for sounding a little insensitive, but his story would be a little more exhilarating with. You know him being the clown when he's committing these murders to these young boys. Just saying, a little more entertaining, not exhilarating. Like it's it's interesting. It's like they utilize that aspect of his life just to sensationalize him. Right. Just tell the families that. You know what? I think that I think your kid's murder would have been a little bit more interesting if he was the clown. <laughs> no, that's fucked up. I wouldn't say that. But they, although most of the the uh, victims' parents are probably dead and gone, most likely by now. So what the fuck do they care what I say? Probably not. Mostly. They probably wouldn't. Well, if, a- if they heard, if they heard the the discography, they'd probably agree with my statement. We should have talked about Thugger and and all that shit. That that's interesting. Why don't we talk about some shit like that? Some music shit or sports controversy. Right. Well, let's uh let's take you guys out of this episode with some controversial words from John Wayne Gacy himself. As he looks at the photos of his victims and he says, I have no recollection of any of them. Thank you guys for being a wonderful crew. Thank you guys for being a wonderful audience. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next week when we talk about the warrant. Stay tuned. I, I have a lot of things that I've forgotten that I can't remember. For instance, I can go back to my childhood and stuff and I still remember that, but yet you can, I can go into the seventies and there are a lot of things I can't remember. The same thing with the victims. I've looked at all of, I don't know if you notice here, we got pictures of every one of the victims here. And believe it or not, for the last 12 years, I've studied these photos of these victims and there is no, uh, we, we have a shot of all of the victims together here. And, uh, when you look over at the, the photos, I have no recollection of any of them. Never met them. And we've gone over this more than once. They're just names and faces. And when you, when you look at them, uh, the thing of it is, we took it a step further. We went into their backgrounds. I wanted to know where they were at, what schools they attended, who they hung out with, and what kind of activities they were into. And that's what we dug up on each one of the victims. But still, there is no association None of them never worked for me. None of them, they never went to any places that I. Like, it's way I more interesting that. that place unless you're involved in politics. He had like multiple personalities and shit. There's no way I could run into any of them. Right. The CIA did like some MK Ultra shit. And that's the first time.